Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. What an opportunity it is to open God's Word together, to study God's Word. We're still in the book of Proverbs. We find ourselves, thankfully, we're on the 30th proverb as we move forward. We're going to be going in a few weeks. We'll be wrapping this up. We're going to be moving forward, covering narcissism and, and going from there. We're going to, why do good things happen to bad people? What's God's plan for our life? I, I think we're moving in a lot of different directions, things we can learn from the Lord. I, I think at some point, God's put it on my mind that we're going to cover the life of Christ and, and, and view how that life can make a difference in our lives and, and how God can use that. And we're real excited about all those things. And so with me as always is Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning. Are you getting excited brother about where this podcast is today and where it's going? I, I am. I think that this, this broadcast is really uh, an, an excellent, I mean, what an honor, what a privilege to come into people's homes and lives and ears, whether they're at the gym. I know I listen to these just at the gym, you know, I'm, I'm doing stuff yeah. and it's, it's just a blessing. Yeah. I, I'm the same way, you know, being part of these, I still listen to them. I listen to them every day in there and every day I leave with something. And you know, when I yeah. say, and, and Hey, where that biblical smile that only God can give you or where that smile, you know, every day God makes me smile when I say that. And, and, uh, <laughs> I always smile and think, hey. man, we're serving God, you know, in lieu of the circumstances and in lieu of the things we're going on in life, God gives me that big Cheshire grin and, uh, boy, does that make a difference? So folks, we're moving forward and we're thrilled about that. And uh, we're just thrilled to be serving with you. Uh, I'm glad to have my friend Kevin with me. We've been friends for a couple decades. We became real strong friends a few years ago. I don't think we go a day or two without talking, Kevin. If we do, it's because one of us has traveled somewhere or something. It's, uh, uh, you know, we talk almost all the time. And uh, he's among my best friends. And I think God has brought us together for our old years. I can trust Kevin. Uh, So many people in my life who've proved to be untrustworthy worthy. Uh, so what I tell you people out of that conversation is, uh, find someone like Kevin in your life. Someone will tell you the truth. Somebody will help you get through. Somebody will work with you. Somebody will minister with you. Somebody uh, who helps you get through life. Find someone like that in your life. You, you don't need the yes, man. You don't need the backstabbers. You need somebody who loves you. Somebody you can love back. Somebody who loves the Lord. I think, you know, I think the greatest, the greatest requirement well, the greatest characteristic that every friendship needs is a, uh, a combined, wonderful relationship with God. Because when you have that relationship with God and someone else has that relationship with God, you take the world out. And that's when God shows up. And uh, so we picked a word today, Kevin. You know, we picked the word canon, and we want to use the word. So we know that the biblical canon is spelled C-A-N-O. 
O-N, and it's a set of texts or books. So when God put the Word of God together, when, when he brought everything together, the Word of God, he, he not only inspired those who wrote it, and we know that those books are inspired, but there were others who were bringing forth books saying, man, you got to have the gospel according to Thomas where, where Jesus was doing Star Wars stuff and zapping people and putting people up in the mountains and hanging people upside down and killing off neighbors. Well, that's just not our Lord. But see, God knew that. So he used these wonderful uh, people of God to come together, inspired by him, to take the books that were the inspired word of God, the preserved word of God. And we're going to take some time on preservation as we go forward. Kevin and I, Kevin Appley brought that up that we need to spend some time on that. We're going to do that. Not today, but as we move forward, probably in the next week or two, we're going to be doing more with that. Uh, But Kevin, here we are, and the word of God is important. The Bible even teaches us in Revelation 22 about the Word of God. So we have these religions out there, and you know, I name them. I'm not ashamed to name religions who add to the Word of God, who change the Word of God. We know that we see that in the Mormon faith. We we see that with Jehovah's Witnesses, and we could probably, and Kevin can probably list a few that I'm not even thinking of. The Seventh-day Adventists do that, right? They they listen to what this woman had to say. Christian Scientologists had this woman that supposedly was moved of God. Uh, But you know, the Bible tells us here in, in Revelation 22 for I testify unto every man that heareth the words of prophecy of this book if any man shall add unto these things God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book if any man shall take away so so Kevin you know the canon's important the word of God's important so it says if you add to this I'm going to give you all these plagues and then in verse 19 in Revelation 22 it says if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy God shall take away his part out of the book of life and 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 out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book it's pretty important that we understand that the word of god was inspired great great men of god wrote this word inspired by god uh dictated through god their whole lives were put together so god could use them to write the bible and then it goes farther than that it goes from the inspiration that we're going to talk about later in the preservation and it shows up and says well god's word is god's word we don't add anything to that because if we do all the plagues are coming after us and uh and if we take Take away from the prophecy. If we say, well, you know, uh, Jesus wasn't really Jesus. And I say that and I ask you, God, for forgiveness. I'm just teaching. I say that with all intrepidation and fear unto my Lord. And my Lord knows why I'm teaching it this way. If we take away from that and say we can be Christ. We can work our way up to God's. We're in the wrong place, Kevin. There's canons there for a reason. The word of God we hold in our hands is there for a reason. What do you think, Kevin? How do we know what? scripture is scripture and how do we know what books like you said the gospel of thomas and and some of these you know pseudepigraphal books or um apocryphal books you know how, how do we know what belongs in there you know some would say you know james is is not a a, a a canonical book but the doctrine of canonicity is where we arrive at what God has shown to be his word. And like you said, there was godly people many, many centuries ago. What, you know, the New Testament was written over a period of, you know, 60, 70 years. And, and as, it was, as it was completed, 
you know, in the in the Roman Empire and in the area where the church spread, not all the books, you know, were everywhere at the same time. And so there was a gathering, there was a assembling of of these texts. And so it, it became obvious that some of these books that that came together were not even though maybe Paul wrote it, it was not inspired. Right, right. Not, Paul not, wrote not, Paul wrote letters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He was a letter writer, so there was yeah. a lot of things uh, that he wrote when he was in, in prison, in particular that that were were not inspired. They were good, and Paul recognized that, you know. And some of the times when he wrote what was inspired, he said, "I think I have the spirit of God." But we know from can canonicity that these things do belong in the scriptures because the early church uh, recognized and they got together. They they had this spirit about. Um, about some of these meetings. They had some counsels, some good counsels. And, you know, God has sometimes used his spirit in a group of people to, 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 to cover some of these difficult things. Um, you know, 1 Corinthians 5, 4, Paul said himself uh, concerning dealing with a church issue. He said, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you're gathered together and my spirit with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the early church sometimes, even after Paul was dead, he uh, they would have to decide, is this scripture? You know, here's the book of James. Is it right? Well, it talks here, you know, justification by works. What is, are we sure? And so they would have a a meeting and and there would be this great you know spirit of of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ where they said folks it's obvious to us what God has used and because he has used this you know we know this is scripture and by the way James was not teaching uh, salvation by works he was teaching justification before man not before God and uh, by works and so therefore you know, they were able to resolve some of these things. So the doctrine of canonicity or can canonization of the scriptures is a great thing where we recognize that just by by the evidence that people have had over the years, it's obvious what God wants us to have and what he doesn't want us to have. And there it is. And, and folks, that's the best place to leave it. Is this, this text had been selected by God, inspired by God, and moved. So be careful of those false prophets out there. Be careful of those people say there's a new revelation. There is no new revelation. The book of Revelation says it's over. You know, uh, that's end. It's been finished. So be very careful of that. That's why we prove out God's word. That's why we go to the churches we go to. That's why we trust in the things we trusting. Uh, we, we know that God's word is the inspired, preserved word of God. And he, and I almost said that in a new England term, brother Kevin, and where I said <laughs> of guard. Uh, but I, I think this, I want to say, I, yeah. And get, I'm not saying anything. Yeah. It's best that way, brother. But I think this is what I think. I think, and I say this with all my heart. I, I think when we take the word of God and we believe in it and understand it the way we do, God, God does miracles. We don't need to look for any false prophets. We don't need to look for new revelations and new understandings. There's nothing new under the sun. Hey, listen, folks, we sure do love you. We're just going to take a, a minute here and let the radio stations do what they have to do, and we'll be right back with you, and we're going to hop in the 30th proverb. Here we go.
Thank you so much for hanging with us back here with Kevin. Kevin, we're biting off a lot today, but I, I believe God's going to do it and use us. And every word of God here in verse number five of the 30th proverb, every word of God is pure. It is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Basically what we were covering with the canon. Uh, and, uh, and thou not unto thy words, lest he approve thee, and thou be found a liar. Two things I have required of thee. Deny me them not not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. Holy Toledo. There's a lot talking about there. There's a lot going on with God's word. He tells us right in the beginning, it's pure. Pure. Is it pure? It is pure. God tells us it's pure. He, he goes on to say it's a shield. Not only is it pure, real, there, there's no outside influence. There's no respect in men in there. It's just God's pure, unadulterated word. Uh, and it, it's like a shield onto us. We can take refuge in his word. We can take refuge in God. Uh, it's every word is that way. Uh, you know, we don't add to his words. Uh, he'll rebuke us. We read about that in Revelation. We'll get all the plagues. And if we take away from his words, it's just as bad. And then God wants to talk about two things. He wants us to know that, that we keep false stuff and deceitful things far from God. We, uh, we you know, and, and then we're going on and we're hearing, we, we, you know, I don't want poverty. I don't want wealth. Just feed me, Lord, the food that I need. Uh, it goes on and it's saying, you know, or maybe I'll just have too much, you know, and, and I'll deny God and say, who is God? So there's a warning here that, you know, some people have too much. We're not saying if you're rich or if you're doing well, or if you saved money, or if you invested well, or, or things of that nature. We're not saying there's anything evil about you, wrong about you. Some of the greatest people I know are well off, but I think there's some important things going on here, Kevin. I think those first two verses I can cover by saying God's word's true. Hide yourself in it. Believe it. Trust in it. And uh, don't add to those words. You don't have to because you're going to be found a liar. And and then going on saying that we need to remove these things from our life. Uh, you know, we want to be wise. We want to do the right thing. Uh, we don't want to have an overabundance and underabundance. But the truth of the matter is if we've got God fully, boy, we're going to serve him. So Kevin, we're looking at these verses and, and boy, there's a lot of them. It looks like we're five through nine and uh, we have five verses and, and we don't want to deny God. And I mean, looking at those verses, what's coming to your mind? Yeah. The canonicity thing did, did fit in real well with verses five and six. Every word of God is pure. Add thou not to his words. So sure enough, you know, to know what God said. And I, I, if I could just say one more thing about that real quick, when I was in Bible school years in the eighties, they had a shift of leadership and a new guy came in out of a university and he was just, um, he just, he was not a, he didn't believe in this, in, in preservation. He didn't believe in, um, that you can just trust what God said. And, and, and so he said, he, you know, he made us read some required books and the required books basically said, look, the accepted, uh, text of the, 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 the received text, the Texas receptus, the, the, the Greek new Testament that has been accepted and trusted for hundreds of years 
is in fact full of errors and cannot be trusted. And I remember that reading that in this in the assigned reading, and I remember saying, "Sir, I cannot take this class." And I had a meeting with the board of the school and said, "I do not want to take this class. I want to." And the Bible says, "Go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceivest not in him the words of knowledge." And I said, "This there's there's a, a lack of." word of knowledge here. But anyway, uh, I just want to say that, yeah, just like canonicity refers to what books belong in the Bible. So, and we're going to cover preservation at another time. So the idea of which text and what did God say and every word of God, it says every word of God is pure so we can trust him. That's why he's a shield to us. So I want to, I want to just kind of add that in with canonicity. Then uh, if you don't mind where it's the, the next little group of verses it says two things of a required of thee, and and just what you said, brother. Um, we we uh we can sometimes think it. Now I'm thinking about trauma a little bit. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me either poverty and riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. How often do we exceed the stress limits of the human soul by? is seeking things that are not convenient for us. In other words, things that don't don't fit our lifestyle, things that I'm not ready for, things that I don't have the the time to pursue. Brother, I know I know people that if they would have just done this, if they would have said, "You know what? Give me more of a moderate lifestyle." Uh, they would have been a lot happier, but instead they pursued some get rich quick scheme or they, and, and I, and I'm all for, um, dedication, do or die, you know, let's make this thing happen, you know, work 80 hours a week to start a new restaurant or something like that. I'm just, I'm all for that stuff, but you know, there comes to the point where you lose your moderation, you lose your, uh, you lose your family, you lose your mind, you lose your time with God. And it's traumatizing because, you know, it says in verse nine, lest I be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? There are, there are people that come back from uh, throwing themselves into some, some scheme. And then at the end of it say, you know what, what, what do you mean, God? What do you mean, church? What do you mean, Bible? You know, uh, oh yeah, I seem to remember that. I seem to remember something before I got into this thing. But, you know, they, they got bit by the money-making thing. And I've got loved ones like that. I, I know I have people that I love very dearly that if they would have just chosen the, you know, the, the idea that, you know what, God, meet my needs. Give me something worthwhile to do, and I'll just serve you. They would have been a lot happier. But that's, that's what I'm thinking of, brother. And that's, that's some good stuff to be thinking of. And it's almost a prayer, I think. I've always looked in my Bible. I wrote down prayer from 7 through 9. And, boy, that's a prayer for us to have, isn't it, Kevin, like you were saying? It's yeah. just uh, remove far from me vanity and lies. Just saying that prayer. Maybe that's the prayer we need for today is all of us. Just say, God, can you remove this from me? Uh, remove this from me, God. And you know what? He will. We serve a great God. We serve a God that hears our prayers. We serve a God that, uh, you know, knows us and loves us. And, and uh, every word of God is pure. And, you know, the debate of a lifetime is those who have not accepted God's word and invariably many of them have not accepted Jesus Christ. 
And, uh, you know, the great debate is, well, God's word is not true. I remember the story, Kevin, years ago. I think you, you and I are old enough to remember this, but I'm not sure if the people listening to us are. But years ago, there was a plane that crashed at Love's Field in Texas. And I'm thinking that I was a kid at the time. I'd have to look it up. But the, there was a guy who was an agnostic. So he was an atheist who didn't even think there was anything. It took it to a stepfather further along the way. <clears throat> and uh, his plane lost all energy. They were going into the Love Field area and they had really diverted all the different planes coming into the area and stuff they they knew. Uh, <clears throat> and so as an agnostic, you know, this guy who's flying the plane is someone who believes that nothing is known and that the existence or nature of God is beyond anything. A person who claims neither faith nor disbelief in God, they don't believe in anything. And uh, they're a total non-religious community. They total nothing. They don't believe in using the word of God. So there's planes coming in the love field. I said all that to bring you to this place where this guy's at, who's the, uh, there's an agnostic committee of the United States and he was in charge of it. He was a voted volunteer member and his plane started breaking and they lost the first jet engine and they lost the second of two and, and his plane was crashing. And the last words they heard this man say was, God help me. And I'll tell you, dear friends, we serve a great and wonderful God, and we don't take anything away from his word. We know that his word is pure. We don't add anything to his word. We trust in that. We know that he alone is the great God. He alone is the writer of this. And, and, uh, and remember how we started today when we talked about the canon, for I testify unto you, unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add to these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away from the words of the book of prophecy, God shall take away his part of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in the book. Friends, it's not easy to minister God's word. It's not easy to be called to do this, but, but God calls out to us and he says, listen, trust my word. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. Just trust it. And when you do that, man, there's an opening, Kevin, that's as big as all of the spiritual world. we got 30 seconds, Kevin. I didn't want to close without giving you a 30-second closing in here. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, 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 the uh, Proverbs, the, Agur said, lest I be fool and, and, you know, deny thee, remove far from me vanity and lies. And what you said, it's a great prayer to make. I, I have prayed, say, God, I want to get back close to you. And God sometimes had to take something away and a trauma in my life of loss of grief was the best thing that happened to me. I, I, I found everything when I lost everything. And, um, and that's true. And so we can trust a big God who has everything in hand. Don't add to his words. Don't try to force, don't try to manipulate your life. Let God have it. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. And finish your day today or start your day today. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food convenient for me. Lest I be full and deny thee in thy word. Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal. Take the name of God. And, uh, 
boy, I like that. Two things I'm required of thee, deny me them not before I die. And he's reminding us as we get older, as we get infirm, boy, we can get to a place where our mind isn't quite working right. And he's saying, God, don't let me do that. We sure do love you, folks. If there's anything we can do to help you, grab us out there, Helpful Wounded Spirits uh, Facebook page or over there at Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. We'd love to hear from you. May God bless you. Have a great day. With that smile that only God can give you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.